Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to episode 29 of the designfootball.com podcast. My name is Dennis Hurley, deputising for regular presenter Jay. And today we have with us Doug Beerton from Classic Football Shirts. Hi, Doug. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Not bad. Now, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I suppose the, the main thrust of today's discussion is the Fabric of Football event, the, the second Fabric of Football event upcoming in London yep. soon. But we will hopefully explore a, a wide range of uh, football shirt-related topics. So maybe happy to chat with you about anything. Excellent, excellent. Um, th- things mustn't be too busy at Classic Football Shirts if you're able to to give up your Wednesday morning. <laughs> well, no, I think you may get a knock on the door in the background soon. But uh, yes. Um, so th- why don't we start with? Um, the, the the fabric of football events. So there there's one coming up in London, having having had That's the, right, the original yeah. one in, in March in Manchester, I believe. That's great. Yeah. So we had a uh, yeah at March at the National Football Museum. Um, we had like a, a special evening, uh, which was hosted by James Richardson. We had Rude Hullet there, Yari Lippman, and Juan Mata. It was incredible, really. Um, something we could have only dreamed about back when we started the business in 2006 to have names like that coming and having a chat about football shirts and uh, we had a, f- a few hundred guests there as well yeah um, and then on on the Sunday we opened it up to the general public unfortunately it was it happened to be Mother's Day on that day as well <laughs> which was not something that we uh, we realized when we had that date in the diary yeah um, but yeah that was a uh, an oversight to say the least um but we still managed to get uh two and a half thousand people down to the national football museum okay you know, everybody had a great time um and we thought yeah this is something that we want to do more yeah. of um you know that we've got so many incredible shirts on the books it's just a shame for them to be just sat in a a dusty old warehouse in Manchester not getting the appreciation that they deserve. So, yeah, I get it. Um, so, so if we can, um, I was just going to say, if we can kind of, you know, bring in an internet meme and just go kind of you at the Fabric of Football and then go freeze frame, that's me, and you're probably wondering how I got here. How, how does yeah, a little a bit, uh, yeah. a, a kind of a, a small backroom operation go from from the humble beginnings to, to where it is now? How, how did it um, actually start? Uh, it started in the summer of 2006. Myself and Matthew Dale, uh, students at Manchester University, just messing about really, uh, trying to make a bit of money on the side, avoid doing exams and then <laughs> ultimately avoid avoid getting a real job. Thought, you know, there was a gap in the market really for original football shirts. 
Uh, I desperately wanted a, a Germany 1990 home shirt to wear around uni uh, to wind people up and to stand out a bit. Realised that there wasn't really anywhere online that you could get one and thought, well, you know, if I want one, sure, plenty of other people around the world wouldn't mind one as well. Um, and we thought, yeah, why not? Let's let's give it a go. We're only young, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we got a, we got another student house, uh, completely filled it with football shirts, um, and yeah, after the first year, thought, yeah, this is this is starting to take off. So moved into a bigger student house, uh, filled that with football shirts, and yeah, after that, we were quite confident that we were on to something. Um, so we moved to a, an office in the centre of Manchester um, and it just continued to grow really. We were uh, At that time it was just classic football shirts and by that I mean original authentic football shirts uh, for clubs and countries around the world, most of which being second hand and because you know, that be, you know, they're rare, it means that the supply is quite difficult and therefore they end up quite pricey. So um, we were getting people saying, like, you know, love your website, love what you're doing, but you know, I'm a student myself, can't afford to spend hundred quid on a on a on a shirt. Um, so we thought, right, we need we need more, we need uh, we need something else. So we started the clearance section, um, and we started contacting clubs and manufacturers around the world, um, and getting like old kits basically in bulk and. Palermo 07 Ohm shirt was one that really, really started that. Uh, pink Palermo shirts from 2007 2008 were able to sell them for 12.99 and okay. sold a lot. And uh, yeah, it just that continued to grow. And yeah, by 2011, when we were getting articulated lorries arriving on <laughs> Dean's Gate, which is just the you know the busiest road in Manchester, and we were handballing cardboard boxes up past solicitors it was uh yeah time to get our own place um so yeah we got a warehouse up near the etihad and we've been here ever since okay um, and, and, and at, conti- at the start yeah. how would you have sourced shirts what was it basically through ebay and, and things like that how how did you build up the the stock in the very early days Back in the day, um, while we were students, yeah, very much off eBay, um, and then um, charity shops um, in and around Manchester picked up some. I once got an England uh, ninety away in long sleeve from from Withington uh, for about four pounds. So <laughs> that was that was that was pretty nice. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, but then obviously as the website itself grew. You know, we offered the option to sell your shirts through that as well, um, and you know that that took off, and we started to to get as many requests to sell shirts as we did to buy shirts. So it started to become a a way that we could could grow our stock. Um, but yeah, I mean we we uh, we saw shirts from all around the world, any anywhere the shirts being traded or being available were were there. Okay, and. Would would yourself and Matthew have been interested in football shirts when you were younger? Oh yeah, growing up, uh, I mean, I was obsessed with anything to do with football. Um, I mean, the the Italian ninety got me into it. Uh, at the VHS, um, watched the highlights video just so many times, burnt it out. By the end of the decade, I had to buy it again. Um, <laughs> called my brother Gary after Gary Lineker when he was born in ninety one. 
Um, and yeah, I was obsessed with anything really to do with football. I'd um, got my first shirt when I was six, which was a Man United 90 home. Had a had a full kit, Newton Heath, with Giggs 11 on the back. Oh, um, nice. But yeah, I was I was a type of type of person who yeah wanted to turn up to football practice in something a bit different. So uh, I used to paint my boots white. Uh, used to wear short shorts. And um, yeah, loved Italian football. Uh, football Italia. Desperate to have like a, a Napoli Mars shirt. Desperate to have yeah Germany ninety. Um, and yeah, when I moved to uni, you start you start to get well. You get your student loan, don't you? And you <laughs> first time in your life, you've got a bit of, you've got a bit of well disposable income, even though it's not really disposable income yeah. for that. And yeah, started to dabble. Started to actually dabble a bit in a collection and buying a few bits and pieces and yeah, Argentina and uh, Italian teams. That was my my passion really. So okay. picked up a, picked up a few and yeah. By the time we me and Matt started talking about business, we had a few probably had about fifty shirts between us really. Um, back in like April May of two thousand and six. Okay, and, and would you would you still have the the bulk of that collection, or at the start no, were you kind of I having mean, to sell parts of your own collection? We had to sell it all. <laughs> we had to sell it all. Uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't keep anything back then. It was like everything went into the business, and then and and for for the best part of ten years, really, every single shirt that we ever got went straight onto the website uh you know I, I thought it was my job to help others build their collection rather than build a collection myself and uh yeah through through gritted teeth on occasions i yeah. mean we had um I, I always said there's one shirt i'd never sell which was an argentina away shirt from the 1990 world cup final oh yeah did the really but, deep blue one yeah but we got it I wore it for a day and then went. You know what? Let's <laughs> let's move it on. And yeah, I'm, I, I regret that now. But uh, yeah, uh, but then that over the over the last eighteen months or so, sort of the summer of twenty sixteen, we started to get a lot of shirts directly from players, um, and that really opened up um, just a world of incredibleness for football shirts you know shirts you'd only ever seen on pictures and sort of dreamt about yeah we're now becoming like oh we've got we've got one <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, they were starting to become a reality yeah um and yeah we you know we again for the first six months or so we started to we, we just sold them all everything we got but then as it continued we're like this is we need to do something with these really these are worthy of being in a museum these are this is this is bigger than just um, just a website. This is bigger than just a shop. We need to people need to the the general public needs to see these. You know, when you're getting shirts worn in World Cup finals, Champions League finals, as I say, just shirts you've only ever dreamt about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we start thought right. Well, uh, we contacted the National Football Museums. You know, had a few chats with them and started to started to build the collection. Really, uh, you know. Holland 88s worn at the, you know, worn by, um, who do you got? Frank Rijkaard's and Ronald Koeman's from, from the England and Ireland games, okay. you know, getting, 
yeah, actual match worn, an actual match worn Germany 1990, you know, uh, Man United shirt from the 99 final. You know, this is this is something we need to to pursue. Yeah. So we, we let that grow for about a year or so, and then thought, right, we're ready to. We were actually ready to do it, and uh, yeah, we agreed with the National Football Museum that we'd have a, a permanent exhibition in there, uh, which starts uh, in April this year. Um, and then to launch that, we'd have a party basically, and that party turned into Fabric of Football. Um, it turned into well, yeah, we need to have a proper exhibition. The mu- the museum. It was only a relatively small space that we were allowed to have for a permanent display. Yeah. And as you know, as a football shirt collector and enthusiast, it's just impossible to whittle something down to like (laughs) six shirts. Uh, You know, it's impossible to whittle Fabric of Football down to 500 shirts. So, yeah, yeah, I wanted something bigger and wanted something that wasn't just in Manchester. It could be in London. It could be in New York. It could be in Jakarta. You know, all all the popular you know where our customers are where our fans are that's where we need to be able to take the shirt so uh we thought yeah let's turn it into sort of like a a mobile a mobile um museum really traveling museum um and yeah i spent a lot of time sort of curating it making making it something that that could flow and be tell a story rather than just you know, here's 500 shirts. Enjoy something that talked you through, like the development of of football shirts. You know how they've progressed, uh, the, how the branding's progressed, how the technology's progressed, how all the little features have have developed, and you know, UEFA regulations, FIFA regulations, yeah. all the all that stuff. You know, to go to go alongside. Oh, that's a nice shirt um, because. I mean, I love looking at football shirts, but I love the little stories about them. I love, like, the, say, the 1986 Argentina away shirt. That story's just, you know, it's a great story and people need to know that and need to, uh, you know, to appreciate it. And then to be able to see it in the flesh as well, you know, is, that's a dream, really. Yeah, yeah. And if you had to kind of look back over the last 12 years or so, are there any, any few shirts will say that you could look at and pinpoint and say, you know, they really kind of brought you to a wider audience. You know, what was there any any one or two moments that that, that really just helped the whole brand to to mushroom? Um, I, as I touched on before, the 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 clearance section, and then like say that we did a, a massive deal with AC Milan um, in. In 2010, 2011, okay. for you know, like hundred thousand units, so it gave us this ridiculously big collection of AC Milan kit room stock running from like the early nineties through to two thousand and eight, two thousand nine, um, and that really helped us grow our um, customer base in the Far East because AC Milan are massive over there, and we were we had just such a massive volume of shirts for all the collectors over there, you know, shirts that had previously been sort of a 200 plus pound mega rare four motion long sleeve away shirt. We were able to sell for under 50 quid. Okay. Uh, and that, re- that really helped us to, to get a lot of fans and, uh, that that player issue market really started to develop for us after that moment. Okay, uh, but yeah, the, 
just I mean, um, then in recent years, you know, we've done um, partnership with Sheffield FC, world's oldest club. Yeah, that was something that we we really wanted to do, and um, I think that's helped us with that the to grow a bit more in the UK, to become a bit more mainstream, you know, to do things like sponsor football manager, be a partner with them. I mean, yeah. that was a dream for me as someone <laughs> who grew up playing that game just far too much. Um, yeah, I think things like that have helped us to become more mainstream and I think Fabric of Football will hopefully continue that um, as we go forward, really. Yeah, and when you mentioned getting in touch with clubs and kind of picking up their old stock, was that just a case of of emailing them on spec, or you know how how did you get in touch and like was the response <laughs> generally positive, or would you have clubs who would kind of think, oh my god, if these guys want to set our old shirts, why don't we do it ourselves and and kind of keep all the? I mean, we had a lot of a lot of different experiences, but uh, overall, the 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 um, yeah, it was well received, really. Um, it wasn't. We actually had a guy working for us who, who did it, and he need, deserves some of the credit. Is an Italian guy called Ettore. Uh, he did a lot of the hard work in the in the early years of of contacting people, okay. especially in Italy, uh, and doing the deals over there um, to 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 find the, the stock and to and to manage to get it over to Manchester. Um, but yeah, I think we provide a good service, classic football shirts to both the customers and to people who want to sell sell their shirts because we we've because we've got a good customer base we're able to just take a lot of a lot of stock um and that you know if the we we, we um we're never afraid of rolling our sleeves up and buying thousands of units of of stock and uh, you know we're confident that in time everything will sell um, because yeah. that's the great the great thing with football shirts is that time passes and um, things that they go from oh it's just last season's shirt to 10 years fly by and wow that's <laughs> uh, yeah uh, so when we first started last season's arsenal kit was the the red current shirt from the last season at highbury yeah. you now think wow that can't, can you remember when Arsenal had Omri and Burkamp up front <laughs> and they played in those red current shirts at Highbury? And it's 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 an you know that's a that's a one of the classic shirts of the Premier League years. So, um, you know, City winning the league, the Aguero moment. You you look at your you know you look at the calendar and you go oh, that was seven years ago. Um, so yeah, time passes. You know you get. There's 92 club, 92 like league clubs in in England bring out three shirts a year. Times that by all the teams in the world. Times that by international teams. How that database of football shirts grows just like exponentially every year. Yeah. Um. It's uh. Yeah. It's quite fascinating, really, and uh, it means that even if you make a bad call and you buy too many of something that doesn't sell in year one you hope that in five years time it'll mean something more than maybe what it meant at that moment so you always get another chance with the football shirts and how many people do you have working uh, for cfs now um there's 40 people working here now okay um yeah which is again quite astonishing back about uh, even only two years ago, we had about twenty-five people working for us, and probably by the end of the year, it won't surprise me if we've got 
50 people working here. Yeah. Uh, especially with the World Cup coming up and fabric of football and then we're looking to do um we'll we'll have a pop-up shop in london as well yeah um, and that's something that we want to do in manchester and then in other places is to have a, a physical shop um so yeah we need people to help us run those as well so yeah i uh, always growing and, and how difficult is it to keep track of all the stock like do, is there a special kind of computer <laughs> program or is it an Excel spreadsheet or, or how exactly uh, do you stay yeah. on top of it all? I mean, yes, uh, there's a there's a system behind it all. Uh, yeah, the... This uh, what what you expect of a of a business in two thousand eighteen. Everything everything sits on a database. Everything can be easily accessed, easily monitored, easily uh, reported on if we want to. Um, but yeah, I mean, back when we started, you were cobbling together pieces of paper and you know trying to write things on an Excel spreadsheet. And, yeah, yeah, things were a bit all over the place, but. 12 years you know we've we've had to grow we've had to um put money into things that you never wanted to put money into <laughs> uh yeah and that's it you know a, a bedroom operation is just massively different from a, a 40 people business in the end uh and yeah it's sometimes you just wish you could do it all yourself and uh you know like we did back in 2006 in the early years you know we, we'd run around we'd list the shirts on the website, run to the post office, yeah. come back and do the accounts, come back and do the marketing and, you know, work like that. But yeah, you have to delegate. Hard to let go of certain things. I'd, I'd love to just be able to do it all myself. Uh, yeah. I still work, I still work 12 hours a day pretty much. Uh, and, and I'm in the office usually seven days a week. So, but it's a, it's a passion as well as of course. You know, a business and a, a job. It's more than it's more than a job. I mean, it's like a, a life in football shirts. Yeah. Um, and when did you realise that it had the potential to be a proper full time job rather than just like you say a hobby to kind of help two students kind of um, get a bit of money? The in first the first few months of the website were slow. They were very slow, and we, me and Matt looked at each other a couple of times after like. There was definitely one time where I think we went about five days without a sale, and we're like, mm, <laughs> "Is it really going to work?" This, uh, you know, we we were we lived off uh, we live off like pasta and pe- I can't look at green pesto because <laughs> it sounds a bit it sounds a bit bourgeois that he lived off pesto, but it's pretty cheap if you just get pasta and pesto. Yeah, you know, it'll last you a week. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we. Still can't look at green pesto. Um, yeah, but then sort of after Christmas into about the spring of 2007, sales started to be quite good. You know, we were, we were starting to sell, you know, like maybe 20 shirts a day. Uh, and then by September, um, so in September 2007, we turned over um, about £20,000 in that month. And that was like, wow, this is, that's a lot of money. This is something... You know, that's big. We can do something with that. Um, and yeah, it just from that point on, there's really been no looking back. It's just grown and grown and grown. And like, if you look on eBay, we'll say, and you're looking at shirts, because 
obviously for when I'm illustrating shirts for my website, I like to research and kind of see, you know, where trim was and whatever and, you know, what way the badge might have been. And you'll come across these match-worn, inverted commas, shirts on eBay. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't take more than a, a glance, really, to see that these mm. guys are just chancers. You know, sometimes they might be team wear that has had badges applied. You see a lot yeah. of kind of 1980s, oh, look at this prototype Umbro shirt that Arsenal didn't want. And you know it's not. Yeah. And then you have other ones that are just made in the Far East and they are absolute fakes, dressed up as the real thing. They'll have the patches and the numbers and everything. And how, yeah. how, how hard do you have to kind of stay on top of that to make sure that people aren't trying to fob off fake stuff on you dressed up as the the real deal yeah i mean it's obviously it's a it's a massive concern i mean we, we pride ourselves on only selling original authentic shirts um and yeah but it, it is a it is a hard job i mean we um the guys who list on the website are just trained for months and months and even after a year of of working here they're like you know we still have to monitor very closely to make sure that they're spotting anything that comes through that's fake um but it it's always a minefield but i mean it depends on one it sort of depends on your sources you know where you're getting things from um but the 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 good thing for us is just that we handle so many shirts that it makes it quite easy to, you know, by the touch, by the the feel of it, you can you can just generally tell. And, and normally with football shirts, you know, on somewhere like eBay, if it sounds too good to be true, it it, it, it will be too good to be true. And just to not, you know, always keep your wits about you when you're collecting things and do your due diligence and make sure you have a look who you're buying from and you've gone back through. And if they've got if they've got a few things that are too good to be true, then you know, come on. Yeah. Um, as much as as much as you want that, like as much as you want that shirt, and you've desperately searched for it forever, um, and this guy's got two of them, you know, it's, <laughs> you, you just you just have to, yeah, not not let um, not you let yourself get carried away really and resist the urge. Um, yeah. But yeah, for us, it's. I'd, I'd like to think it's easier than it than it sounds because um, it, mainly because we just handle so much stuff and our suppliers are, are, are generally very good as well that we yeah we don't have to worry too much and on the odd occasion something slips through you know we've got so many customers online that they can they, we'd normally just get an email saying oh Doug what well, you know someone's listed this I don't know you want to have a double check of it we'll go and have a double check of it and oh yeah sorry someone that 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 has snuck through we'll get it off the site and and chuck it in the bin and that'll be that um yeah it's but yeah it's something that we yeah you got to certainly be cautious about yeah and, and that's probably like a, a key selling point like if someone says to you oh i've seen your shirt you're selling it for more than what I know is a real one on eBay, but you're just able to say to them, like you provide peace of mind. They know it is genuine, authentic, 100% if they do buy from you. That's it, yeah. I mean, you you get a proper experience. You know, you, you, it, there's more to it than 
than just the shirt. Yeah, there's the there's the service that goes alongside that, and the reliability, and um, yeah, I think we the customer services is just something that we take massively seriously, and I've done since day one. I mean, I used to reply to every single email myself, and I I still did until about eighteen months ago. Uh, I, that was something they had to claw away from me and let other people get involved in, because uh, I was just sat there until eight o'clock every night just replying to everybody myself but um yeah it, it's um yeah i mean as with anything there are you can find stuff cheaper on amazon or ebay or you know any other sort of marketplace that pops up the same with a lot of other products you can do that but um if you want to deal with a a reliable company where you know that if you do have a problem you can they'll they'll sort it out then yeah that's that's what we are and, and then i suppose kind of a, another aspect of the football short market is the likes of toffs or, or score draw who sell replica classic shirts um like yeah. how how do you see them fitting in like i suppose you'd kind of well, there's always a market for that i mean and i i totally respect what those guys do because you know, as as I sort of said before, I mean, like it, the shirts that are just unrealistic to actually get an original one of. You know, replica football shirts as we know them, they didn't really start until the late seventies, so uh, it, we can't possibly ever really stock at something from the pre nineteen seventy five, unless it's a match worn shirt that's going to end up being you know a lot of money. Um, and even for score draw, you know, who who do more modern designs, they, you know, they're increasingly rare and difficult to find. Um, and so, uh, yeah, like what we will still sell the Newcastle '93 home shirts that we've got because pe- people, there's enough people that want the original. Yeah, but there's not there's not so many of them in existence that we could sell a thousand of them in six months anyway so for that mass market that you know the that's there's room for that to exist and uh you know it, to to sell a, a reproduction for for 30 quid versus the original for 100 quid yeah, you know, yeah. It, there's people who who haven't got the budget who who or they're not that fussed so so why not or they might even have an original and just Want want something that they're willing to risk putting through the wash and willing to get some yeah. beer stains on it. So like, yeah, why not? Um, yeah, there's definitely for room for both things to exist, and I don't think we tread on each other's toes too much. And, and you mentioned like the uh, the the oldest shirts you'd have. Is it is it mid seventies? Is kind of the rough um, the rough starting point for for your stock. I suppose before then, yeah. before then, a lot of shirts didn't have crests. So even if you came across one, you, you might be able to verify it. Yeah, exactly. And if we can't verify it, then I wouldn't really stock it. So yeah, pretty much seventy-five onwards. You know, you got say Man United when they start with Admiral is seventy-five. England start seventy-five. You can you can sort of buy those, uh, and then Umbro. It's more like seventy-eight for your Liverpool, Arsenal, Scotland type of stuff. Um, 
yeah, in general, I say 70, uh, 78 or 75 is like the, the furthest that we can go back for a, for a replica shirt. And what is your own favourite shirt of all time? Um, I'd say I've got... It's sort of an impossible question to answer. Yeah, for, I have I mean, a feeling it might be. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I'd say Germany 1990, uh, Hope shirt, as a, as a, just an all-time great, all-time classic, you know, it's timeless it, they've obviously they've brought the design back this this summer for the 2018 world cup um and it's attainable you know enough of them exist that you know people can have them in their collections it's not like some obscure third shirt that was only ever worn in one match and only player versions of it exist but and on the other hand uh, i would have to say uh, the Argentina goalkeeper shirt from 1990, the design that Goicochea wore uh, in the final or the semi-final, you know, especially the semi-final, I love the penalty saves, you know, yeah. Donadoni and Serena, just the gold chain hanging out over the <laughs> shirt, just the the design, uh, just him in general, his face, and um, yeah, that's that'd be one I'd just absolutely love to have, and like be like a. Yeah, a shirt that you could a shirt that you could retire on. <laughs> and have you ever come close to finding one of those Argentina goalkeeper shirts? Again, like as you sort of uh, touched on before, that you can you can buy the you can buy one off eBay. You know, like one with a probably an applied badge, or you know, it's a template that I think exists. Yeah, um, but. I've sort of got into match on shirts quite a bit, you know, and I, I, to have his actual shirt, <laughs> that'd be uh, that'd be the one if if it if it exists. I mean, in the World Cup, they normally tend to swap after every match, yeah. so I, I, I'd like to think Walter Zenger's sat at home <laughs> with that shirt yeah. in a box in 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 his garage, maybe, and uh, and yeah, me I could I could one day. Meet Walter Zenger, have a coffee with him, and uh, and do a deal for Goikachia's shirt. That'd be uh, that'd be a lifetime dream. I think. Yeah, you didn't consider getting in touch with him when he was manager of was it Watford? He was in. Yeah, no, I, 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 we're always trying to get in touch with people, yeah. but uh, yeah, we not everybody's willing Sorry, to take uh, call. Sorry, it was time. Wolves. He was with actually a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew yeah. it was one of the W's. Um, it, the, funny, <laughs> the funny thing about that shirt actually is that uh, Rene Higuita wore it for Colombia as well, but clearly yeah. someone made a mistake and the pattern on his one is upside down compared to uh, Guy Cachea's. Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me started on <laughs> Italian 90 goalkeeper shirts is just like one of the great can of worms. I mean, it's <laughs> there's just so much going on that's, that's different. Uh is yeah that that's something that you could write i mean i've just finished writing the program for the updated program for fabric football london yeah it was supposed to be an update it turned into fourteen thousand words of new stuff okay um but that's because you you know i could write fourteen thousand words on italian night goalkeeper shirts <laughs> and yeah just exploring like the, the the subtle differences and the the stuff that's going on is yeah that's when you can lose yourself down a wormhole on a friday night and you resurface again on sunday night <laughs> and 
Yeah. I, 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 I presume. That's what I do with my weekends. <laughs> yeah, but it probably helps in a way then when you know that there are subtle differences that can date uh, a shirt to a particular game. Yeah, yeah, certainly. It helps. Well, again, with that's it's helped me in writing the Fabric of Football programme that we've got so many of the actual original match-worn shirts because, you know, this stuff this stuff online, you know, people have, have written about shirts. Obviously, you know, yourself, I'd use your website and look at what you've put down and, uh, you know, everybody's contributed to the body of research yeah. that goes into football shirts. But, yeah, it helps sometimes to have the actual shirt because you can just look at the, you know, it throws up other things that don't, that don't make sense with what was maybe being written before about them, or yeah, yeah, you can spot something, spot something extra um, that you didn't realise before. Yeah, what, um, what I often find is yeah. that someone will write something about a shirt, and it'll be taken as gospel by everyone else, and it might actually be a slightly incorrect. But this, this piece yeah, of info, yeah, I mean, becomes we, just you know just taken for granted that becomes the thing doesn't it yeah i mean what yeah like say the the che Guevara goalkeeper shirt um you know majoria um i was re-researching that i mean we had art we've obviously sold many on the website we had our own notes but in our notes it said that the match bit was between majoria and rosario central okay it was. It wasn't. It's just been some like crossed wires about Che Guevara being a Rosario Central fan, <laughs> and him being at the match. And the match was actually against a Havana eleven rather than Rosario Central. But I mean, we've even contributed to spreading that story about it being Rosario Central ourselves by that going into our notes. But yeah, you see it. You see it. You see it a lot. You know, it's uh, especially. Yeah, he, the the what the first thing that gets written that tends to to be the one that sticks, and then it takes a yeah something else to to be found out, and then but yeah, but even so, the the, the mainstream will probably always know it as what what went for yeah, of course. And the the, the CFS um, social media channels have proven very very popular. Like you seem to have made a big push. On Twitter, you know, you'll, you'll post like a picture of a shirt with a sash and advice, suggestions for people's favourite sash shirts, and it, it really kind of generates yeah. engagement. And the the videos on YouTube then as well have really kind of um, set a high bar because it'll be yourself or one of the other guys going through top five, whatever, and kind of yeah. giving the yeah. story of the shirt as well. And and like you said earlier, it really adds extra meat to the bone rather than just saying, oh. This is, you know, an Italy nineteen eighty two shirt. They won the World Cup. Please buy it. You know, it it really, uh, yeah, it really yeah. adds depth to the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, the, as for the social media, I mean, it's it's not myself that that runs that. Um, it, obviously, it's run in house, and we t- we take it very seriously because we, you know, we want to we want to engage with the customers. We want to engage with with. You know, football fans and collectors out there, and uh, yeah, we want it to be as interesting as possible. You know, to to yeah, rather than just sort of regurgitate what other people may be saying, to to create new content and to create stuff that's uh, yeah makes 
makes people think. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love watching or list, uh, you know, following the stuff on Twitter where people are. Say if we put up a design like you know who wore the the bruised banana, and I yeah. love seeing people contribute to that, and like you know you, you see people shirts that you'd never seen before, you know like I don't know Slovan Bratislava, and you know oh yeah uh, I didn't realise that uh, Racing Club wore the Holland eighty eight design. Yeah, I love I love seeing that type of stuff myself. Yeah. Um, but and then I love. I'd say researching football shirts and researching them as thoroughly as possible and finding some quirk on it that I didn't know myself um, like say the Italian 90 shirt that you mentioned you know the, the version worn at Italian 90 had the flag on the collar and cuffs the different way round oh, yeah, yeah. How it how it had been worn previously and like why? Why was that? And uh, you know, that's something I'd like to take further as well. Is say uh, at Fabric Football Manchester, we had in a Franzman, uh, the designer of the Germany 1990 shirt, um, and I was able to to discuss with her, you know, how where did that design come from, uh, and you know, try and understand, you know, a bit more. So, so I'm I'm doing the the legwork of finding out how many times it was worn, finding out all the variations of it, but then it's something I'd like to do further is to talk to the designer of it or you know someone who was working there at the time and find out even more about it, like wh- where did that come from? And yeah. say, uh, Inna said that um, that, that came from the, C- the CEO of Adidas at the time, just basically went in and said, right, we're hosting Euro 88, put a flag on the shirt, um, and that's what they did. They played around with a few designs. Inner Fransman's was the one that that got that made the cut, and that was it. it. That that became the you know the what what is often said the best football shirt of all time. Uh, yeah. That the or the or the origins of the classics and so for that Italy shirt with the collar the other way around. Like I'd love to get to the bottom of why that actually happened like what did someone upload the artwork in the wrong way and it yeah. and the color the flag came out the other way or was there some design meaning behind it but, you know I, uh, that's then, then i think you've done you've, then you've squeezed everything you could possibly squeeze out of a football shirt and uh, you know you fully understand it there yeah. and also to to help to, to, to find the find the people who um Find the people responsible for designing, you know, the things that we would call the all-time greatest shirts. You know, who who designed? Well, the, again, spoke to Inner about the Holland '88. That that geometric design. Where did that come from? That you know, apparently there's no one person who can they can put the finger on who who actually designed that. That was more of a team thing. But then there's other designs from the past that that are. That were designed by a single person, and to, yeah, to track that person down and to to have a chat with them would be brilliant. Um, and it's great for you then that that you are in such a position that it kind of gives you a platform that that you get to meet all these people and the designers of the shirts, and you've got to meet a lot of players then as well, um, and and go through their short career as it were. Like I, I remember, yeah, yeah, watching the. Michael Bridges uh, video on YouTube. It, it's great when for for us kit nerds to see a player 
who has such an interest in the kits. Yeah, I mean, Ma- Michael arranged that himself. He's an absolute hero. I mean, he works over in Australia. Yeah. He contacted us and said, you know, I want to come to visit. I'm over in, in the UK. I want to visit your warehouse. Uh, he came in, then he brought Mark Schwarzer with him uh, and they, they filmed a piece for Optus Sport. And then, yeah, I said, look, you know, do you mind if I have an interview with you? And he was obviously massively enthusiastic about doing it. He loved football shirts as, as much as as much as much we do. And, yeah, he could have happily talked about them all day. But, yeah, I, I guess that, that then completes the full circle of it. If you're able to, you know, do... I'd say like the fact checking of something, work out how many times it was worn, work out the variations, work out any subtle details that occur in a shirt, the differences between the player shirt, the replica shirt, all that type of thing. Talk to the designer, find out what, where the design com- came from, what the what it was all about, and then you talk to the player who actually wore wore it or wore that design and what he felt about it and how his special moments wearing it. That is, yeah, that's a dream. You've completed everything to do with with it then. And, uh, how, like, without giving away kind of any personal details of, of anyone now, <laughs> has it ever happened that an order has come in online or whatever and you see the name of the person who's ordered it and it's, it's someone really famous and you think, wow, I never knew they were interested in football <laughs> kits. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say without giving names away, but yeah, certainly. I mean, you'd probably be surprised at some of the people who who are interested in it, and it's great. You know, I I think it, when I, when I see that, I'm like, yes, that, the legendary status is like confirmed. Then if they buy a shirt, that uh, or you go, oh, I didn't realise he supported them, <laughs> but then maybe they're buying it for as a gift yeah, for somebody. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, it's um yeah, it's interesting to see, and I do like to follow, you know. Uh, who you know who, who people support and what they're what they're interested in but i mean I, I i watch i look through the orders very carefully and i love to see what people are you know what people are buying and 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 people still starting a collection to get in touch with them and sort of see what it is they want to buy what you know what what's their interest because we've got a massive massive backlog of stock to process at zfs i mean we're sat on just so much stuff that yeah yeah sometimes we we can um, it's easier if we know what people want, and then we can uh, can maybe offer a more personal service. But that's it's difficult because obviously we've got a lot of customers and a lot of shirts. Of course, <laughs> so, yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's not a bad complaint. And and James Richardson um, presented the fabric of football in Manchester. Was yep. like, is he uh, deeply interested in shirts, or was it kind of? You know, because you associate him with the classic Italian shirts of the nineties, or how, how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, James Richardson was just an absolute. He he lived up. You know, he say never meet your hero. Yeah. But he def- but, but do meet James Richardson because he is a, he's a one of you know really nice man, and he came just he he outdid me to be fair. <laughs> uh, so I said to him, you know, I sent him some some bump about football shirts and said, you know, we're going to interview Rude Hullet, maybe have a look at this, maybe have a look at that. But he came, he came in just so prepared. He'd really done his homework. I mean, he really knew extra stuff about football shirts. You know, so he he asked uh, Inner Fransman the question about the. You know, did was there some meaning behind the way the flag pattern goes up and down? You know, to 
and how that compares with Germany's World Cup performance. Yeah, I like, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I hadn't, I hadn't told him to say that. You know, that's something he, he'd done, he'd done himself. And you know, yeah, I mean, I, I had a great chat with him about um, about Italian, uh, Italian football and football Italia, and you know, finding out who his favourite players were and what what he was interested in. Um, you know, like he said Roberto Mancini was his favourite player, or well, well, best hair anyway. Um, <laughs> R- Roberto Baggio, you know, but yeah, he, he, he's a he's definitely as passionate about it as uh, as you'd want him to be. You know, he, he's not just like uh, he leaves the studio and yeah, he doesn't he doesn't he's not interested in football. He's definitely interested. Yeah. In, in all in everything that you'd want him to be interested in and yeah that was that was incredible to to have James Richardson there yeah I can't thank him enough for for getting involved with it and will he be presenting the London show or is it um no the London show is going to be a bit different in that it's just going to be four public days uh four days of like uh full Full access to everything for the general public, um, and not with with like a glitz and glamour evening. But that's not to say that there won't be some players dropping in every now and then, um, because it, it's in a partnership with uh, the Bobby Moore Fund and Cancer Research. So there'll be people coming in as part of the as part of the charity Football Shirt Friday as well. Um, so yeah, we're hoping that on both Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday that if you come down you might well get the chance to see somebody but I don't even know when they're going to be there exactly myself I'll be as surprised as uh, as anybody else but yeah they'll um that that's certainly certainly it and then um yeah we'll, we'll probably do um like a special thing with like a panel and a and um and you know a presenter again in the future but for this one it's just very much let's get as many people there as possible and let's make it as like as inclusive as possible um and yeah focus on football shirts and yeah okay and, and when does it take place oh um yeah it's on the 26th uh, of april to the 29th of april at 133 bethnal green road in london in shoreditch um we've also got a the pop-up shop which is about a five-minute walk around the block on 30 Cheshire Street, okay. um, and yeah, they'll be open from 11 p.m. Uh, 11 a.m. through till um, about 8 p.m. And, and is the pop-up shop just for the duration of the exhibition? The, the pop-up shop actually will be open from Monday the 23rd through to the Sunday evening. Okay. Um, so that that's actually open for the. Uh, six full days um, so yeah that'll run nicely alongside out and, and there are plans then like you said earlier for permanent um, retail areas yeah we're going to see how it goes I mean there's going to be we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to we're probably uh, trying a bit too much really but we're trying to give the uh, the best of classic football shirts in this shop so it's going to have a mixture of the classics but then also the clearance stuff so there'll be a mixture of you know you can get uh last season's leicester shirt for you know for, for 15 quid but then you, there'll be also be um 
the, all the classics that you'd expect to see as well. Um, we've got some uh, some crazy design shirts as well, like the the Loha uh, shirt with the prawns on it. It'll uh-huh. um, be it'll be in there. So I'm hoping to to interest a few people. Yeah, I, I think there'll be people coming to that shop and they'll be in there for an hour and they won't even realise they've been there for an hour. There'll be just so much stuff to take in, so much stuff to look at. A bit like when you go on the website, really, just breaking off like the the, the journey that you can go on, and you start you, you you start looking at you know you go with the intention of looking at like an AC Milan classic from the Van Basten era, and then via a Legia Warsaw shorts and. <laughs> uh, Recreativo Huelva cap, you've arrived at something completely different. And what what are your views on the shorts for the World Cup? Yeah, I mean, massive fan of uh, of it. I mean, to to bring back the the designs of the past is obviously, I mean, that's brilliant. I, I and I've even been been buying them up myself as a fan uh, I can't wait for the World Cup to see them all being born I think it, yeah, it's, it's really good um, and you know, obviously Adidas have got a massive pool of all time classic designs that they can call upon and then you've got like Nike rivaling that with like bold graphics and uh, you know like look at that Nigeria shirt I can't wait to, can't yeah. wait to get one of those Um I'm just gutted that it gutted that it comes out on the first of June, but I'm hoping <laughs> that somebody at Nike's uh, somebody at Nike rather is going to do us a favour and um, and uh, let us have one for the exhibition, so we can can sneak it in there and get people uh, to be able to see it before it actually comes out. And, and do you think it's difficult almost for manufacturers nowadays when there are, like you say, three new kits for pretty much every club every season to to try and keep reinventing the wheel almost and you yeah. know you can overdo the, the, the looking back then because when so many shirts are referencing the past then in 20 years time yeah, I mean, you can't I, I know, yeah I think I don't think I mean in a way they can't win the designers because you, you, you create something completely new and it's oh it's too much of a break from tradition and uh, you know, you'll have people saying, "Oh, I wish they'd have done this. I wish they'd have looked back at something else." But then you do, you do look back, and oh, why are they just looking back? They're not, they're not making anything new. Um, so it, I think it is hard. It is hard for them, but um, I, I don't, I don't mind either way. To be honest, I think that, um, yeah, I think you, you can obviously if if the next. If in four years' time the next World Cup is is retro designs, then I think people will start to say, "Yeah, you're doing the retro designs to death." But I think that's very much like that's that's the fashion at the moment is that is the '90s and the that those the retro designs is is very much like is in streetwear and fashion, um, and I think that the, the obviously Adidas and Nike are really uh, you know part of that, and they've they've made the world cup kits around that around that theme um but yeah i'd be surprised if, if if they're still doing that in four years time i think they'll have moved on to some to, to another design to another design theme um 
But then in four years' time, we'll probably be going. Oh, I wish they'd have had a look at. Uh, yeah, I wish they'd have had a look at the Euro '92. Uh, you know, the Euro '92 or the yeah. or the '78. Uh, you know, why does nobody ever reference stuff from the '70s anymore? Why isn't <laughs> why why are there no collars on football shirts? I'd love to see a collar back. That's one thing I'd say. Yeah, yeah, um, that's classy. I'd love to see a shirt. I'd love to be able to put a collar up on a shirt. You know, a Canton style. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, um, yeah. That would be my one request. But other than that, no, I, I'm, I'm just interested to see where where the designs go and where it takes, where it, where it goes next, basically. And, and like, um, I suppose football fans know what it is. It's probably, it's probably to do with the internet and social media and the way that people talk more to like-minded people and views become very trenchant. Things I've noticed that, that kind of fans are very much against is the recolouring of crests on away shirts even though that's something that's yeah. gone on since the beginning of time. And the same with templates. Templates get a fierce bad rap nowadays. And, you know, yeah. if the manufacturers are making individual shirts for everyone, you know, they wouldn't have enough time to, to do it. Like, it, it, do, do people almost get too spoiled by kind of what's out there and, and still well, demand it, more? I think, well, I mean, some of the greatest designs of all time are templates, aren't they? I mean... The, the in the eighties and early nineties, there's not many bespoke shirts. They're they're often. I mean, mention the Holland eighty eight. It, it's, it's a template. Other other teams wore it. You know, you got Borussia Dortmund, Soviet Union wore it at the, at the same tournament just with a collar. So uh, obviously Germany wore it. Italian ninety. That, that's a temp- I guess the the strength of the template comes down to the design itself. You know, people you know criticise maybe the Nike twenty sixteen stuff because it's it's quite simple it's a simple design you know they're just changing the 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 the, the colors of the they're literally just changing the colors of the shirt aren't they but i mean i guess they're just changing the colors of the shirt whatever but uh, if it's a strong design then i think you go like oh, i'd love to see my team in that in that yeah and i'd love to see what what my team shirt would look like if we had that design uh but if it's if it's a if it's a weak design, then you, you it does start to get a bit monotonous when everybody's got that same kit. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think that well, I mean, in the nineties, eighties well, and nineties, I mean, you had a lot of two season shirts, didn't you? And even sometimes longer than two season shirts. I do think that bringing out three new shirts a season, or at least two new shirts a season, is it is a lot, and it does mean that they have to work hard to um, to be constantly thinking of of something new, and 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 keep and and for there to to become more classics. Because I guess like sometimes a classic just it it's made by what happens in the shirt, uh, you know, which players wear it, those special moments. And if it's only worn for one year, obviously you can be reducing them like that. The chance for something to happen by fifty percent. Yeah, exactly. Um, that you can't kind of identify or engage properly with it, with a shirt. Like I think it was a fairly good system, kind of around the the late nineties, early noughties, where teams their, their home kit would last for two years, and then the yeah. away would be the away for a season, but the following season it would be the third. So yeah. you had a good rotation going, and you know. Nowadays, you almost can't um, can't get used to a shirt before yeah. it, it's time, you know, for the leaks for the following seasons ones to to appear. 
Yeah. And then especially with the, you know if the brand, if the manufacturers change and the sponsor change, you know, like the whole it, there's not so much of a progression of of anything. It can just really jump quite quickly from from one thing to another, uh, and that there's not like that development of style and and design that sort of you got with like how that you got with like Adidas at say Arsenal with. Added, you know, with JVC as the sponsor, it, it just sort of seamlessly progressed, and it didn't feel as like a, as big a break uh, when that new kit came out because yeah, it was just it was just an update to to something that had gone before it. Whereas now, yeah, it's a big. You can often go like, wow, that you know didn't even they didn't even look like a certain team because they've gone from wearing the stripes to the stripe a striped kit with. Umbro to uh, just a, a full red coloured shirt with Kappa and it's it just looks completely different. But but then it, 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 I wouldn't ever criticise anything because it's just it, it, um, it's all interesting to see what happens with and you know the, in some ways the criticism can then end up making something. Something that somebody wants in years to come, when it's like, oh, when I hated that shirt. Why did they change the badge? Why did they make us play in, you know, that tone of the colour? I don't like it. But then, yeah, I don't know. Maybe in ten years' time, it it becomes a bit of a of a cult classic because maybe not as many people bought them at the time because they didn't like them. So it's a bit rarer than it should be. Uh, it's a bit rarer than the shirt from around it so yeah it's so time's a great thing with football shirts you know there's that instant thing when the kit designs come out in the summer or you know people got their judgments people got to say what they want to say about it the season happens in it then there's the moments there's you know there's those stories and then it's all just put in a pot to sort of brew and uh and then it Sometimes it bubbles up and becomes a classic almost instantly. Uh, other times they can they can bubble along and and you know or maybe people aren't that interested. But then, bang, ten years time, twenty years time, just through the age of it. Then I mean, it, oh, you're talking about a twenty year old shirt. Well, I want a piece of that. It might be from the year that somebody was born or the first match they ever went to happened to be in that shirt so it means something to them and it's yeah it, it, it sounds a bit cliche but yeah they all every shirt means something to someone else you know it means something to them uh, and it might not necessarily yeah just because you don't think it's a classic or I don't think it's a classic doesn't mean that it's it's not a classic to somebody else and important to them and to their collection or for, for their personal life. Yeah, I get you. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. 
But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. And the, the Sheffield FC link up then, what, was that kind of something that, that you wanted to kind of well, we would, push we, being the oldest club? We'd always had... Yeah, I mean, we'd always had a, a passion for... We wanted to sponsor a team. We wanted to have our logo on, on a shirt. But more than that, we wanted to get involved in, in the design of, of, of a shirt. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we you know, start looking through a list of teams. And, yeah, Sheffield FC just stands out massively to us because, you know, it's the world's oldest club. I'm from Worksop originally, which is about 15 miles away from Sheffield. Um, and, yeah, it's... Um, we we got in touch with them and we we wanted to help. I mean, they they're quite you know they they've done a lot of work themselves. Uh, you know, Richard uh, Richard Timms, the the chairman's done a, a lot of work to to get them put on the map. But yeah, we we just wanted it to be a partnership really, where we try and we try and get um, as many people to know about their story as possible. Okay. Uh, so it's more than just a sponsorship. It's like it's a relationship. It's partnership, and it's like a growth thing. Trying to get people involved. Um, but yeah, that, I think. Uh, that, and then last for, for for the seventeen eighteen season, we're able to design like the the lace neck anniversary shirts, and then we've designed some new shirts which will come out for the eighteen nineteen season. Oh, okay, um, you've kind of answered yeah, my next be... question because I was going to ask <laughs> yeah. as to how much input you you had into the design of the shirts. Yeah, I mean, it's um, for the first year we weren't allowed as much input as we wanted, but then yeah, over we've been allowed more. As we've as we've got into it, okay. uh, you're still restricted a bit. I mean, you're working with a manufacturer, so we haven't been able to like make a completely bespoke shirt in that light. You know, you, you you're still you're choosing the base shirt, you know, from a from a catalogue, and then you're adding your own, you know, you're you're sort of accessorising that with your own personal personalised design so we haven't sat down with like a designer and gone like I want this type of stitching and I want this type of like overlay and, and this but we, we have come up with the graphics for it and um, and, and the general colourways and things like that so yeah I think I think people will be interested to see what what, what we've come up with for eight, uh, for eighteen nineteen anyway and hopefully they um, hopefully they are popular but we'll see and would you kind of notice that in your own sales that the Sheffield FC shirts are um, <laughs> are kind of popular to the casual fan because of your association with them? Um, I think that they'd be popular anyway. I mean, obviously we 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 have shirts for for lots of teams on the website and and lots of small teams, lots of obscure teams that people haven't normally heard of. Um, and if people like what they see, if they like the design, if they like the backstory, or and more importantly, if they like the price of it, then they'll they'll buy them. And I think that yeah, even it even if we weren't involved with Sheffield FC, it wouldn't really matter if we had Sheffield FC shirts on our website for for the price that we have got them on for like. 
Um, you know, twenty quid, then people would people will buy them. Um, but yeah, I think it helps. We're able to you know to promote each other on social media and to to look a bit further into the into the relationship has has helped a lot. Um, and yeah, I'd like to think these people, yeah, are hardcore fans. One would buy a shirt because it's got our logo as a sponsor. But I think that the yeah, it'd be wrong to say that they're only buying stuff because of that. Yeah. I think that Sheffield FC's got its own story. And what are the other kinds of plans for CFS on top of uh, strengthening that partnership with Sheffield FC and you know maybe kind of opening shops? Yeah, I mean the Sheffield FC, obviously the oldest club in the world. Um, but I'm, I want to sponsor more teams. Would be something that I'd like to get involved in. Maybe look at the the oldest clubs in in other countries um, and to get involved. Like they call it the, the the club of pioneers. Like the old, all the oldest clubs in every country, they come together. And if we we try and sponsor as many of those as possible. Uh, that would be nice uh, to have more involvement in, in design of shirts to look at like collaborative shirts with, with other people that we partner with would be nice as well um, and then yeah just the, the, the normal stuff really continuing to grow the grow the stock, grow the contacts grow the um, the offering that we can give to the customers improving the services um, and then Fabric of Football to take that around the world to especially to like our our like obviously we're from Manchester but like the where where our biggest customer bases are you know especially in the far east uh, the be it'd be great to to meet all the people that are our best customers will be will be great um and and yeah with the shop to have something physical physical locations for people to come and and enjoy looking at original football shirts like whatever day of the week they don't necessarily have to wait for the next fabric of football exhibition if you want a bit of bit of classic shirt action just come you know just to go to to the pop-up shop or the physical or a permanent shop in manchester and to be able to to browse through the archives and to to offer something in that way as well excellent excellent it all sounds very interesting and exciting um so I think we can wrap it up there. Uh, obviously, before all those plans for world domination, you have Fabric of Football <laughs> London to come. So you um, you might just remind us again when that takes place. Yep. So the the uh, the pop up shop, Thirty Cheshire Street, uh, London. That's on the twenty third of April uh, until the 29th. Uh, and then the exhibition itself is at 133 Bethnal Road and it starts on the 26th of April and runs to the 29th. Um, if you come down anytime after 11am, you'll you'll be fine. And uh, we'd ask anyone who's coming down to wear a football shirt, especially on, on, a, on Football Shirt Friday, we'd like to turn the whole area into just an extravaganza of people walking around in football shirts and just pack brick lane out with 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 football shirts so uh yeah if you're coming down please wear a shirt and uh yeah come down excellent and if people want to contact you on social media uh yeah so you can get us on uh twitter at classic shirts and then we are facebook uh classic football shirts instagram classic football shirts 
YouTube, Classic Football Shirts TV, uh, just or come to the website, classicfootballshirts.co.uk, um, and we will have something for you. Excellent stuff. Uh, designfootball.com is the website uh, for Design Football, and on Twitter it's at Design Football. My name is Dennis Hurley, and if you want to go to my blog, it's museumofjerseys.com and Twitter at museumofjerseys. Doug, thanks so much for your time. I know you're very busy, no, it's so it's, it's very much appreciated, and wishing you all the best for the upcoming exhibition and into the future. Hopefully, I'll be talking to you again. Yep, hope so. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Cheers Doug. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.